What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to A Certain Point of View. I am Jake Berlin. That is Brian Avlacino, and we are here to talk a bunch of schmodown for this week, heading into Atlanta, the live event for Atlanta this weekend. Uh, but before we get to our predictions and everything going on at the back end of the show, uh, we are going to be talking a little bit about the Finsock Exchange drama that's been happening. Um, everyone else has kind of touched on it over the last number of days and the way our schedule of the show works. Um, we are a little bit behind on how, how it kind of all happened, but we're going to give our thoughts on, on everything that kind of went down um, because they have three players playing in Atlanta and they have four arguably of the greatest all times on their team and it's kind of a big deal. And, so the, and plus there's no trades or anything that happened this weekend. It's kind of a cool little replacement. And so we'll be covering that. And then uh, we're going to be discussing the matches that happened this past week in the Cuckoo's Mess versus the Real Rejects and Riley versus Janine. Um, both matches we have reactions up to on the channel at the moment. Uh, very fun reactions, probably two of our best, if not our best at the moment. Uh, they were pretty fun and, and uh, we were good games. We were cracking up through both of those. Good games on both sides as well. And so we'll get to that as well. Uh, but let's go ahead and start with uh, the Finstock Exchange. Um, how you doing today, Brian? Are you ready to talk some schmo down? I am ready to schmo it out. Schmo it out. You're ready to schmo it out. Yep. Okay. Um, yeah, so uh, Finsock Exchange. Obviously, look, if you pay attention to the world of Schmodown, you know about everything that has kind of been going on with this faction and um, the drama that has been unfolding as far as uh, Tom Dagnino making two different calls about who is managing who in Atlanta and uh, Merle, Roca, and Bateman all making statements at one point about the state of the faction and their point of view on everything and how there's just a massive amount of miscommunication um, in this faction between these players specifically. Uh, I will also throw in that uh, Brad and Frank on the rundown um, talked about it at length and made some really interesting things or interesting points on the show about trades and their point of view on everything. So if you have not listened to that, highly, highly recommend listening to that because they had some really cool things to say. But um, Brian, from the outside, you know, because you and I haven't talked about this very much. Mm -mm. Um, what is, and I know we've, we've touched on it a little bit about, we both think that they will be traded at some point. Um, that Merle and Roca will more than likely will not be a part of the exchange by the end of the year. Um, more than likely, if they lose the belts, uh, I don't know if it's a win, but it's if they lose the belts. Um, and so just, just thoughts, I mean, that rundown on what you're thinking on the Finstock exchange and how it's kind of all unfolding. I am not surprised. <laughs> I checked the tape, have gone back since day one and said that this faction will not. Yeah, it's all uh, egos. Those those, it's all alphas. I would say five, but obviously Dagnino's not moving. Um, so those four, I never even thought they would get halfway through the season. Um, I, like you said, too many egos. Um, although I don't, I don't consider Merle really having an ego. Um, he just kind of shows up. Well, he, plays he and, and he and Roka kind of have a. They have their egos almost one where Roka's like. The very aggressive type, and then Merle's the much more subtle type. So yeah. they kind of like it's like one big ego with yeah. two of them. So, um, yeah, I yeah, I didn't think this faction would make it 
probably at least half the year. So this honestly does not surprise me. Um, I'm a little surprised it's happening so quickly. It's only a month into the season. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think, well, I mean, we see the like, like the friendly joking jabs, like when, um, what was it? De- Tom was, uh, Dagnino was saying, uh, uh, like he was listing off. I forgot what it was from. He was listing off and he like reset. Oh, wait, excuse me. And then he put. Uh, Roku. Oh, he was yeah. He was listening off of uh, uh, on SCN when he was just listening off names. And yeah, then, and then he backed up and put Roku at the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. so um, stuff like that. It's not healthy for a team. And I mean, it's funny to me because I feel like if you're not one of those like five, everyone else is probably just kind of like, "What's going on? Like, mm-hmm. are, are we okay?" Which doesn't help your team. That like, or it's just a bigger deal than that, or we're making it a bigger deal than it actually. It might is. be, but I mean, like, it kind of isn't because those people either have or had belts at mm-hmm. one point or another. So, regardless, those are big deal people. It's different if it's new people. It's different if it's like a couple occasional players that fans like. Those are tri- like tried and true people that have held belts at some point are either potentially holding belts at one point and could win or lose belts at some point. So, I mean, the conflict was bound to come up eventually because this Atlanta situation was probably going to come at some point where they would play against each other. I'm just surprised it's happening like this right now, this early. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I mean, it's only about six studio matches into the season, yeah. one live event so far. Um, it all stems from the miscommunication at the draft this past January, yeah. um, where Dagnino picked Roca fourth, and he came up and said, "This is how you corrupt a man," and it just kind of started a wildfire. Yeah. And um, my thoughts on on are, are this: they. You you made a lot of the points that already you know don't need to be said again about it was it was kind of bound to happen at some point. Um, the four main people that were picked first in this in this faction are all champions. Um, three of them have a belt at the moment, and so when egos collide and you have a young star in Bateman who is Roka of old or Riley of old or even Merle right now, you know, who has a long career ahead of him if he continues for a yeah. while. You can see why Dagnito's kind of in his corner a little bit, you know, uh, taking him, not taking him under his wing, but kind of just like partnering with him. And yeah. uh, he, he chose Bateman to, to um, manage Merle in New York. And so um, it's clear that Bateman is the favorite and Roka doesn't take kind to that, no. and nor should he. Um, his character, I mean, the outlaw will never take kind of something like that. And he's a champion. He crushes a lot of people in this game, and he has for a long time. And he has every right to be a little pissed off at the situation. Yeah. Um, but how it's been handled is is very muddled and dramatic and just messy. Um, and it's all just bad communication between Tom uh or finstock and 
uh, Merle and Roka, specifically Finsock and Merle, and then Finsock and Bateman, because those are the three that matter at the moment. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Roka wouldn't even be on stage if he wasn't asked to be a manager, and you know he wasn't originally going to because Tom's original decision wasn't to have Roka uh, manage him, and then he flipped it about a day later after making a real decision, and so um, it's look more than likely, more than likely. This weekend is going to start a major wildfire. Oh, 100%. it's going to start a, a major, a much more, a way bigger than it actually is. W- way bigger than it is right now, I'll say. Um, if it is, if it was a team's fight, and say it was who's the boss versus founding fathers, I would say after this weekend, one of the teams would be traded. Because well, un- unless Bateman still had the singles belt at that okay. moment, but because founding fathers had the belt at the moment. I don't see Dagnino trading Bateman yet, even if he loses. I don't see you can't trade Merle and Roca, obviously, because if Merle wins, he'll have the singles belt and he'll have the teams belt, and they have the teams belt together. But when that time comes, and we saw, you know, Harloff um, Christian posted the the uh, the throwdown next month about um, corruption versus the family for the number one contenders match. That winning team will play the Founding Fathers for the title. Say the Founding Fathers lose to that team and lose the belts, they will be traded. Yeah. I will say that. They will be traded even if Merle has the singles the singles belt. And um, Roca has made it known that he will not go anywhere unless he trades Merle with him. So he will not agree to anything. He will not play for anybody unless he's tag teamed with Merle. And he has every right to say that. They're tag team, Matt. They're partners. Yeah. Like that's how it works. Um, the issue is on the other side. He's Eli Manning it. Well, yes, but the issue is on the other side is say Dagnino wants to make a trade. For any one of these players, you need to get a lot of return, a lot in return, and a lot of people don't have that kind of ability. Yeah. They are, there's not that kind of ability. The only person that could really make something, and you know, there might be one or two people, but the only real person that can make something if, if Dagnino's going to train the Founding Fathers is... Roxy, you trade the odd couple, right? Uh, a fair team in return. Obviously, Shannon is never trading Mike, right? Yeah. Sam is never trading Drew. No. So that's not going to happen. Everybody else, you know, they don't have a team that matches up to the Founding Fathers. Yeah. The odd couple is really the only team that is out there. The issue is is you, that uh, Roxy or Dagnino would never agree to an odd couple Founding Fathers switch. They, they would never agree to that. And Roxy would never agree to getting rid of them for that either. Um, it would need to be a massive return on both sides. I would think that Roxy would probably have to give up Alex Damon as well. And that that's a... Look, it's a big thing. Yeah. It's a big thing. But you're getting the founding fathers, right? Roca, singles and teams. Merle, team singles and inner geekdom already, Okay. You're giving up your Inner player and Star Wars player in Alex Damon. True. Roxy could ask for a name like Alex DeMolanta in return to replace that Star Wars void and make yeah. it a little bit more interesting. It's just hard to see Roxy giving up someone like the Odd Couple. But everybody else in, in the league, I don't see them being able to make a trade for that team. Uh, I I don't know. If you, you could always go for young... I'm looking at some young names. I mean... You'd have to find another pair, but, like, in the sense of, like, I mean, you could maybe steal, like, uh, Apollo Yama 
from Swag Squad. Um, you'd have to find something else to go with it. Uh, you could maybe even somehow, I mean, it doesn't seem like it's that hard, but you could probably pry Ethan Irwin away from Robert Meyer Burnett. Um, but for, for Roka and Merle, that's you the need thing. a massive you, return. Yeah, and that's the thing. You need to have... It would need to be a three for two. Probably. No matter what. No matter what. Yeah, because, I mean... I I love Robert Ryan Burnett, but his team, I'm like, who, who else am I going to get? Uh, we don't know how good James White is yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, supposedly he's supposed to be awesome, but we don't know. And... I think the problem really is, like, maybe you want one person. Well, if you don't want their teammate, the deal's done. Like, you, I mean, because a lot of these teams are already set up. So, like, I'm just going to throw as an example. Say, like, uh, like you wanted Video Drew. Well, you're probably going to get Rick Hong attached to it at this point. Not saying that I'm us- literally using that as an example, but, like, Again, we don't know very much about a Rick Hong, a new person. Um, and people aren't going to really want to... Uh, Kaiser's not going to throw away Smets. Like, that's, that's not going to happen. Uh, I I don't see... I can see the Den doing something. Yeah, that that's... I was kind of l- looking at that one a little bit. Um, I mean, you... you I've at, Now that I'm looking at this... I could see, I honestly, just, there's certain people you can see with other people. I could see um, Paul Preston being on Finstock. I could see, I could see a a Roka and Merle for a Tom, a Paul, and... Goddard? I don't think Kate's giving up Goddard. No? I don't think Kate's giving up Goddard at all. He, he, has, he has the chance to be... A um, a rookie of the year candidate, um, maybe a Brandon Hanna, M- maybe a Brandon Hanna for for Intergeekdom. Someone's going to compete in, in Intergeekdom because yeah. Finstock has Alex Delamonte Del right now, and so you don't need a, a name like Sean Sullivan. Even though Sean Sullivan, and from what we know, is that he can make a big impact, and there's a possibility he might be on the show next week too. Um, the other team, the other team is, and I don't see him getting rid of them, but. You have Bibiani and, and no Brendan Meyer sitting there. There's no way he's giving up. Look, I look, They're I not, get it. No. I trust me. I understand. Look, I get it. And I I I said it from the beginning. I'm riding with the Quirky Works all year long. Okay. The Mouthy Works, the pre- previously known as the Mouthy Works, they're they're the team that I'm riding with all year long. Here's the only reason why I will say this. Because you're gonna tie Mara into it. If you give up Mara yep. like and you, you give you give Mara you give, you give Brendan Meyer and you give William Bibiani for Merle and Roca, and then maybe you throw in an inner geekdom like an Emily Rose Jacobson or or maybe a Star Wars player that that um, you know maybe maybe that's it's doable or you do Mara, Greg Alba and John Humphrey who just crushed it in teams. And you do a three for two for Roca and Merle, and then you have a four-headed monster with Bibbs, Brendan, uh, uh, Merle, and Roca. Yeah, I just think there's a lot of stuff. There's, I mean, we could do this all day. Yeah. 
Um, there's only a few teams in my mind that could really do oh, it. Oh, 100%. I, I'm looking through it, there's literally there's some of these teams like you, Robert Ryan Burnett. He doesn't. He would have to trade the whole dang team. Robert Meyer Burnett doesn't really have anybody. Um, you know, Winston has a few names, but nobody that's going to be tradable for a Roca and a Merle. Uh, Corruption has the pieces, but there's no way you're trading Kalinowski. No, obviously, or Chance. Um, Sam is not trading Drew, so that that's out of the question. Uh, Kaiser's not trading Smets. To me, it's it's a two headed race. Maybe a three-headed race between Roxy, Kate, and uh, Koi, but like we like we said, we don't see Koi trading Bibiani and Brendan. And here's my thing: I don't see someone like Koi managing a ro- Roka in Merle. I don't see. We don't know how pairs would work, man. We don't. I the people that Koi has. No, they fit him perfectly. Are like yeah, literally. Trust me, they fit him perfectly. Fit him perfectly. He, I what. Here's here's the thing. If Bibbs and Brennan Meyer lose a team match, they would not only have lost a team match, they would have both lost a singles match and say that the Founding Fathers still have the belts. Having the belts is a big yeah. deal. And if you can make a deal for a team that has the belts, which I don't know if that's possible. I don't know if you can trade a team that's, that has the belts. I'm not sure if that's in the rules see, or why not. not. That that'd be a massive blockbuster trade. Yeah, massive blockbuster. I don't know. It just. I mean, we could go. We can go all day. We really could. We really could. But we just wanted to give our thoughts on the on the exchange drama. I mean, there's just certain spots you can see certain people, and there are definitely spots you just don't see Mm -hmm. them at. Mm -hmm. So, who knows? I mean, we could be debating them two right now, and it might be someone. Another two. It might well, be. Well, it, it could be. It could be Ben Bateman and Mark Riley. Yeah, exactly. Because what if Bateman loses the belt? Exactly. And so we're having like, this conversation all over again. Yeah, we're having this conversation. and Literally, nothing. We just which like, that anything. that that makes a lot more sense in my mind to yeah. trade Bateman because the second Bateman came into the faction is when all the drama started, and plus you could probably get a good a good amount of return without giving a whole lot up. But yeah, uh, for Bateman. Um, I just don't see Riley. Finstock wanting to trade. Him. Well, I see Finstock going definitely on more Bateman side than a Roka side. Yeah, me too. I think I think Roka just kind of wants out. I think so too. <laughs> um, all right, well, let's move on from this. We may touch on it next week because this week in Atlanta is going to bring a whole lot of craziness. <laughs> um, and so we're going to get to our match breakdowns from this past week. And as I mentioned up top, we have the Cuckoo's Mess versus the Real Rejects and Mark Riley versus Janine the Machine. We're going to get to the teens match first. Um, we went on opposite sides on this one. We did. Uh, you had picked Cuckoo's Mess with Video Drew and I Rick did. Hong, and I went with the Real Rejects for uh, Greg Alba and John Humphrey. Um, a lot of that was due to the fact that, like I mentioned, I'm riding with the Quirky Mercs all year, and I thought that this was a great opportunity for them to start off on a strong note in the studio matches. Um, a great, great match. Uh, Rick Hong's first match, and I think he proved... Proved his way through this match and uh, a first showing with a video drew without a Tom in her corner. Um, I, I really enjoyed the match. I think it was one of the best all year. And obviously the real rejects coming out on top with, I think they might have tied the points record, correct? Uh, Real rejects? I think so, didn't it? No, it was only, I thought it was way higher than that. 
I might be wrong. It might be another team I'm thinking. Yeah, I think it wasn't. It was oh, it one. was. Uh, it was deep thirteen that time. Yeah, yeah the, from the week say, before. You're correct. You're um, correct. Yes, yes. The final yes. point score for this one was close. It was twenty three twenty four. But I believe I don't think Real Rejects didn't... answered a question exactly. in the next round. They TKO'd him. Yeah, which exactly. is where their two points came from. Exactly. Yes. So, um, I mean, yes, it's this final score was close, but they didn't get their questions. Um, but yeah, I listen. Rick Hong's new. He's not Tom. Tom is a... F- well, he is Tom. He is Tom. But he's not <laughs> the Tom. Uh, he's a little bit of a nuttier Tom. Yeah. He, I mean, Tom is a, is a machine at this point. Although, he did struggle a little bit in his recent one. Probably more than he's ever done. But, um... I was most impressed, well, other than real, I'm talking about the one, that team that I picked, Real Rejects really impressed me. Um, and they had been on a, a big hiatus, too. They hadn't been seen in a while. Yeah, and their previous record was not They were 1-5. Yeah, 1-5. Um, not 2-5. Yeah, but I was actually very impressed by Video Drew. I think she studied up because, like, she to me in when she was with Tom and the Looney Bin, she was it almost kind of seemed a little bit like Tom takes the lead and then like hopefully Video Drew answers some points. It's not the case of that anymore. Like she's she knows it, and I think she definitely showed it in this one against Real Rejects because she was answering a lot of the questions mm-hmm. correctly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean she was great with Tom too, but. It like you could tell at least to me a difference that it was like quality like she was nailing her points this time and uh, Rick Hong I mean first one for all we know it, he had a, he had a couple really good pulls yeah and it I mean you never know it could just be first time jitters too if uh, that's the case and if that's the case then that's even scarier because if they come back and play some other matches then who knows but. Well, I was really impressed by Real Rejects. Really impressed. I, I looked too much into the past uh, record. I saw the one in five and I was like, this is one of the like fun joke teams. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not the case. They were like literally like throat punching like these answers. Like it was no one's business. And it almost came kind of gave me like a, oh, we need to watch out for them. Because well, I think they landed on the perfect team too with Koi. Yeah, I mean they don't have to be the superstars. They can play behind. Um, obviously, they can play behind uh, Bibiani and a kid, so it yeah. helps them in the corner. I mean, they knocked out twenty four without answering a question, and they could have walked mm-hmm. out of that with thirty four points. Mm-hmm. They just didn't even get a chance. So if that's the case, they might be a scary team, and if that's the case with teams. Koi's looking pretty good to have those two types of teams that he has. Yeah, we talked about on the reaction how how uh, surprising it was that this happened, um, and that the fact that if this does continue to happen, Koi has four really good competitors who can compete very strongly in the team's realm. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I I expected the Real Rejects to win. I, I just had this hunch for them. I really did. I think I think. Uh, a lot of it had to do with them landing on this team specifically and Koi choosing them for the Quirky Works. Yeah. 
Um, it made sense in my mind because they are quirky themselves and they, are, uh, I, they don't have laugh. Yeah. And they don't have the pressure to perform at the highest of level because they have someone like Bibiani and the kid above them. Yeah. Um, obviously the turning point for the match was the second round. Uh, it, they made it close, but having uh cuckoo's mess land on opponent's choice and then given back Denzel Washington, which they spun yeah. away from is always a little bit of a, a bad situation. We've only seen it be a positive once or twice in the past. Um, it, it put them in a little bit of a hole. They weren't able to con- you know, come back in the third round. They had a couple good pulls, but they just couldn't quite get there. Uh, it's just, it really is a luck of the draw for the real rejects. Yeah. They had questions that went their way and Cuckoo's mess didn't. Um, yeah. You had mentioned video drew definitely performed and you know, we had seen it from him before, but because Tom was so good when they were together, uh, she didn't really shine as much mm-hmm. as she did in this match. And I think that she has a bright future, obviously. She's a huge oh, yeah. personality. Um, I still question them together. So do I. Uh, I don't know if it if it mixes as well as the previous did. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I don't think it comes anywhere close no 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 but we also have to keep in mind that it was their first match um it was rick kong's first match and it could very much play out a little bit differently next time if or when we do see them um because we also have to keep in mind that when teams or people or or competitors lose we might not see them for a while and so uh who knows when we'll see the cuckoo's mess next but uh definitely a good showing uh real rejects definitely surprised me and Koi, Koi has some juggernaut teams on his hand, so it's Ju- going to be fun. Juggernaut teams. He's got juggernaut. Every, his yes. team is a juggernaut. Yes. So. Uh, okay, so let's move on to the singles match. The The highlight of the week, the big one, uh, the one that everyone was expecting to be kind of like a, a showdown. We have Mark Yodi Riley, the veteran versus the young gun of uh, Janine the Machine, someone who has been touted to kind of take over this league and, and step into this role of like singles greatness. Um it was not the high impact match that we expected it to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was like five to six or something after the first round. Very yeah. low scoring. Um, both struggled a little bit, but Janine showed a little bit more presence in the first round. But unfortunately, Mark Riley hit that hole in the second round, and it just yeah. fell all downhill from Janine from there. You know, again, uh, just a, a luck of the draw for her or for him, and everything went right for him uh, past that first round, and it kind of just backed Janine in the corner. But she did show the the player that she that we expect her to be. And I think having Sam in her corner helps as well because um, it's nothing against Jay Washington, but Sam's a much more of a different kind of, yeah. of manager. And he has that experience inside the high-flying moments in the Schmodown. And you could tell that it's it's kind of putting her a little bit more at ease. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we both picked Janine to take this. Mm-hmm. So it was definitely, I think, a surprise to us. Um the wheel is killing people this year. We've already had three. I want to. I want to say we've had three opponents' choice spins already. Yeah, it's either two it, or three. The wheel is absolutely the make or break round this mm-hmm. season. Like it, I think almost. I would say like at least half these matches. It's like you falter in the wheel, you're done. You're 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 climbing a steep hill, mm-hmm. uh, and because I mean. When you get to the the last questions, like it, that's just pure luck. You just literally pick a number. I mean, I guess the wheel is too, but I mean, with the wheel, you 
I mean, if you're taking your second spin, like you got to choose kind of your first one if you liked it or not. But when it's, I mean, it's kiss of death when you spin away from something and get then get opponent's choice. It's literally like that. That's a kiss of death. You're ba- they, you just told them that's not a good category for me, and blah blah blah. And then when something like that happens, or the other person lands on their strong point, like Riley did you're you are climbing up a hill and um you know i think she she definitely kicked herself in in the butt for sticking with dicaprio Mm -hmm. um because i mean i think she she thought she could handle it but she she knew like she would know some of it and she even said she took shots thinking like the like no multiple choice multiple choice would have helped her it would it would have drawn things out more um but the wheel is literally just yeah it's wrecking it's, people. it's at a point where if you don't spin if you don't spin something that you like that first time you have to question whether or not you want to take it or not because more than likely you're not going to spin something you like the second time because yeah. of how the slices are playing out um, it's much more strategic than it ever has been as far as where sp- slices are placed, how they're picked by competitors. Um, and so so far from what we've seen this season, and this can obviously change, every competitor is so different from each other. If you don't land on something that's your strength, you're screwed in, a bit in yeah. the rest of them. Like, period. That's just how it is. Uh, if you don't land on a strength or a spinner's choice, you're, you're just you're going at it with luck. Yeah. And uh, however much you have, that, that is. Um and so yeah, it was definitely the de- definitely the moment in the match when Riley spun that horse like, okay, this could end up being really bad. But Janine did fight back. She got to that third question in the third round. Yeah, just couldn't pull that five pointer. Um, she pu- she asked for as many repeats as she possibly could, and it just couldn't happen for her. You know, she had the question of of you know who voices Miles' father in into the Spider Verse, and I mean that's a question I wouldn't have. I know she, you know, I think she may have even had it because she kept saying the guy from Atlanta, the guy from Atlanta. She knew it. She just and it was Brian Tyree Henry, I yeah. think, right? Yeah. Um, and so it's just, it just didn't go her way that day. It really didn't. Yeah, it's, 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 this one's, it's killer this year as far as like, it almost seems like you trip once and like you're fighting yep. to get up a hill. And it's, it. It it seems like you can't make mistakes this year. Well, I mean, there's ten. There's at most ten people on each team. There's only two matches a week. Yeah, and I mean, most of the time, if there's a live event, there may be one match a week, maybe two. I mean, there's, we might get that lucky chance. Uh, we have the tournaments, obviously, but for most of these people, I mean, there's a chance we may not even see people this year. Yeah, which, which is a huge deal. Which is wild. I mean, like to me, like. Uh, not seeing Janine is like not even well, comprehensive. Yeah, like, like we, I'm like no, like she should be in a match like in a few weeks. And like, she and, and she talked about it how you know people have been talking about her about being this this all powerful player and how she's supposed to take over the league and everything. And maybe that had a little bit to do with her nerves because she's yeah. supposed to show up under she the lights. Looked, and she looked a little nervous. Yeah, I think once once that second or once the the end of the first round came around, she she was struggling a little bit. You can tell it was kind of getting to her a little bit. Um but there's no doubt in my mind that she's going to come back up and and oh, yeah. play as well as she has in the past and and be there at the end. 
Um, I think we'll see her at the free for all really show up and, you know, cause it's, it's under the lights. Yes. But you're up there with four other competitors and you're just being asked questions, plain yeah. and simple. There's no wheel spin. There's no picking numbers. It's just iron man type of style where you're just being asked questions and you answer them. And so I think that's where we, like she could end up being, she can end up pulling off like a kid style of run this year in the free for all. Um, if, if, if she does in fact play, I mean, there's 40 competitors and there's all that's, that's 40, that's four that's teams four worth teams. of people. And so who knows who's going to be in this, in this, uh, this live event, but, uh, definitely a, a little bit of a shocking end, but I think, uh, it definitely proved that Riley isn't done with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily know if he'll ever compete for a belt again. Um, in the singles, in the singles, I think he's better off in teams with a Bateman. I agree. Um, cause his focus can shift a little bit better. But I, I do think that it was definitely a good win for him and obviously for the Finzaki Shames too. Yeah, so. no, I agree there too. I don't think this is the last we'll see of Janine. People like her too much to not be in more Well, stuff. that's what Sam said. It's like fans keep ask for her. Ask yeah. for her to play. Tell Harloff, bombard Harloff, and maybe we'll get her. So that's, it's just cutthroat. It really is cutthroat, but it's making the league much more fun and interesting and wild. And yeah. I mean, we're a month in, and look how much stuff we've had to talk about so far. Yeah, I just—it's just hard to, for me to think that someone like Janine, who is so high up in like a draft pick, like third round, it's we'll see her. See. We'll see her in teams too, yeah. and 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 she'll be there. But uh, it it is uh, I mean, it's it's not a bummer because Riley started off on a strong note, but it is a little bit of a shocking note that she. She didn't come out as strong as we expected her to. Yeah, so. definitely. Um, all right, well, before we get to our breakdown of the points and everything, let's go ahead and get to the Atlanta match. Um, we have about 10 to 15 minutes left. Uh, let's just preview both matches real quick. We're going to start with the undercard, and that is Alex Damon versus Emily Rose Jacobson. Rockstars versus the Finsock Exchange. Roxy versus Dagnino. This one's big. Um, uh, we've seen Emily Rose Jacobson before. She's she's proven herself in the Intergeekdom before, and she's just had that much more time to study inside the world. This is Alex Damon's first first go at the division, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, just destructive in the Star Wars division, yeah. um, dominating that so far as far as how many matches he's won and how he's won them, and just the people that he has beaten through his run. I know he's still waiting for Whitwer, but at the moment he's uh, he's he's showing why he's a true champion. Um, yeah, but. This could be a fun match because uh, we're gonna we're gonna see what Damon really has as a Schmodown competitor because Absolutely. it's not Star Wars. Uh, he has to actually study for this type of stuff. Uh, it's not just his daily job. Um, I will say this: um, I'm at the moment while we're shooting this, I'm still undecided. I really am. Okay. Um, I go back and forth on it. By the time Atlanta does come out, I will have a decision made. But at the moment, um, I'm undecided because. I do think that Emily Rose Jacobson does have a good chance because she has Adam Lavick in her corner, which is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Alex and Molly Damon, they had to find a whole new way to study because it's a whole new world for them. Yeah. And so that could stumble a little bit, but we've seen what Damon could do in live events too. He's, he's very, a very relaxed kind of just cool guy. He's a Jedi. It, yeah, I mean, truthfully he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that could play in his favor, but I do think that he'll stumble. But I, I'll, I will say that I'm just I'm staying in the middle at the moment. Okay, I know where you're lying. Yeah, I, I'm not, <laughs> I'm never gonna not pick against Alex Damon. He's like my favorite player. Um, but she scares me. She could be really good, man. She, I remember watching a couple of her matches and going, 
she's good. And she's just had this much more time to study. Yeah. And she's one and one. So, I mean, that leaves her neutral. Um, when I, I, when I saw her name get attached to this, I was like, crap. And let's be honest, Harloff wouldn't put her in a live event if he didn't believe that there can actually be a good match. Exactly. And like, I'll be completely honest. Like I was like, yeah, he's Damon's competing in inner geekdom. Then when I saw who was playing, I was like, crap. Yeah. Like, I was like, she's good. Like she is very good. Her being a seventh round pick. Steal. It, yeah, it's Steel. she's she's higher than that. She's a, she's a scary opponent. She's gonna be fun to watch. She's yeah. gonna be and because she, she's so like vibrant and just you know embraces it, and she comes out in the costumes and all that type mm-hmm. of stuff. And so it's gonna be fun for the live event. You can tell that she's just cool, calm, collected. She's in her element. Doesn't bother her. And so that could get under someone's skin like a Damon because yeah. he's never faced that before. He's faced people who are, you know, in the Star Wars division, outside of a few, I mean, they're all very friendly with each other Mm because it's a very small world, right? Uh, A lot of them are Star Wars podcasters, so they know each other. Like the spectacular, uh, you know, Laura and Alex, they came out in each other's shirts. And like, it's just, it's a very cordial league. Intergeekdom is different, man. It's it's cutthroat type of league. And this could be where we see a little bit of his armor a little bit, right? A little bit of a chink. Um, I, I'm not going to be shocked if he wins, uh, because I think he can apply his, you know, if he does have study techniques to the inner geekdom world. Um, and obviously having Roxy as a manager is a huge plus. She's so involved and she just wants everything to go well for all of her competitors. Yeah. But you also have to think on the flip side with Emily Rose Jacobson, if she gets someone's study techniques like a Bateman, yeah, uh, it's, yeah, I mean, she scared me before she was on Finstock Exchange, knowing that she has Ben Bateman, Mark Riley, Dan Merle, John Roca, Adam DiMolanta, all those people in her corner, mm-hmm. plus being coached by Finstock. That's scary. Like, you, I mean, I'm not, I, I'm. I imagine this being close. I have a feeling it's going to be a close final. Um, The thing that scares me with Damon is I get he's comfortable in a live match, but that's doing something he knows that he knows he knows a lot about. And let's let's also go to this too. A lot of his matches, um, he doesn't have to answer those final questions. There's a lot of times where he doesn't answer the five the five point questions because the other person is trying to keep up. Yeah. Right. And those five point questions for Star Wars are ridiculous. They, yeah. They're flat out ridiculous. Yeah. A five point question in Inner Geekdom, that could be a big stumbling point. Yeah. Because that is something so minute in a story, in a movie, out of all of these movies that could really affect him. And so if he come if he if he falls behind, first of all, that's gonna be a shock because we're gonna see Alex Damon playing behind. Yeah. Which is just a big deal. But having the experience of playing in the league already with her and, you know, getting to those questions, that plays in her favor. And so I, I, I'm just looking for a really good match because yeah. I know that if he loses, he's going to pick himself back up. Like, oh, he's, he's, he's going to be there at the end. I wouldn't be surprised if he competes for a title at the end of the year. I really wouldn't. Yeah. And I, I know Harleff was considering doing a Intergeekdom tournament again, which he'll obviously be in. There's no doubt he'll be in it. Yeah. Um, but I think 
I think there's a chance that he could, you know, we could see a little chink this this weekend. Yeah. He has always struck me as a person that if he doesn't like if he knows that he's not the the best, he's going to make sure he's the best. Like and that's how it is with Star Wars. Like it's like I know I can be the best. So I'm going to make sure I'm the best. Yeah. And, and that's and that's a scary mentality. And his job is is podcasting for Star Wars Explained. And so all the time he's not doing that, he's been studying. Yeah. And he's and he known. And he literally puts it on Twitter. Like, he's been studying since the day he accepted the fact that he's doing Interview Thumb. Yeah. And it's been for at least, at least two months now. Yeah. And so he has all those movies he can watch. You know, all that time, you know, he just flew out for the Project Luminous stuff. He has that plane ride to study. Molly is 100% in his corner. She should be competing, too. She, I she'll would, do Star Wars. She'll do Star Wars. I think she should do other stuff. Because she's doing all this same stuff with him. I think she'll do Star Wars more than anything. I would she, love, she competed in the past. I I know, but I'm just saying I would love to see her on another team. Yeah. Competing against. Well, it's like, like Dan and Mara. Yeah, like that type two. of situation. Yeah. I would love to see that. Um, But, yeah. This is this is gonna be very interesting, and for his debut to be a live show at in home at the hometown too. Yeah, and at see that's that's another reason why I keep. Oh, that's where I was gonna go. Is have have we been to Atlanta before? No. I don't, okay, you're not gonna come into his house and lose in a place that's never hosted it, sold out, and you wanted it to your debut to be at home. You you don't be surprised. Not, don't be surprised. I'm not. I'm not. But I'm. I saying, might just pick her just for devil. The devil advocate's sake of it all. You probably will just. Yeah, more likely. Uh, yeah, more but likely. yeah, no, she's she's. I know I'm hyping up him, but she is is a scary. It's gonna be fun. Um, all right, but let's get to, let's get to the big one here. Uh, the the big title match, the one that could change the face of the showdown for 2020 of season seven. We have Dan Merle versus uh, Ben Bateman. Um, you know, we have dangerous Dan Merle versus Ben the Boss Bateman. Um, Finstock Exchange versus Finstock Exchange. You know, we talked about the drama beforehand with the managing aspect of it. But now leaving that out of it and going mano a mano for knowledge. Um, let's, before we get to the conversation, man, who are you picking no, for the win? I always answer first. I want to nope. know who you're picking for. I just answered first. I just answered first. You said your answer was, I don't know who yeah, I'm picking. Yeah, I answered that first. I answered count. first. Uh, I'm, I think I'm going to pick Bateman. Are you? Yeah. Uh, although something in the back of my head says, which one, Brian? You're, it's just, I'm, I'm going to pick Bateman, but I got this little thing in the back of my head saying you're, because Merle's going to come out and uh, like, I, I don't know. I'm going to pick Bateman, but I'm not going to be su- surprised if Merle takes it. So in this entire lead up. You know, I think I might, I might, may have even said it on our first show. I thought Ben Bateman could run the table. I really could. I thought he can go all year long without losing. He's just that good. And he's changed the face of how you approach a schmodown as far as studying and uh, strategy and all, and all that. But because of the drama been going on the last two weeks, Dan Morrill is going to come out with the biggest chip on his shoulder with a fire lit under his ass that has been bigger than ever before. And I would not be surprised if he beats Bateman by at least five points. And Bateman doesn't 
answer one of his final questions and it's like it's a not an easy victory but like a like a I, i'm not surprised that he did this i i am gonna go with Merle. i've been picking bateman this entire year i said it i thought he could run the table yeah I, you're a flip flopper i look <laughs> i i i disliked bateman when he was on the action army or the the action team action and then he became on fence exchange i really started to enjoy his presence and kind of how he's approaching the game but because of all this stuff going on with Dagnino and Bateman and kind of everything going on and how big of a fan I've been of Roca for so long, I'm back in the Founding Fathers in this one. I think Merle's going to come out. He's going to stand defeated in live events. He's going to win his fourth title. Fourth title. And he's going to, even though he already is, he's going to solidify himself as the greatest of all time and nobody can ever touch him. Period. Oh, I kind of already figured he was... Pretty much. At That's what I'm saying. Already he he already is. But this is going to be a solidification that don't ever doubt me again. Yeah. Don't I mean, ever doubt I, me again. I'm I'm not going to be surprised if he takes the belt. It's going to come down to the wheel. Yeah. It's, oh, it always is. It, I know. For sure. For sure. I'm, it's, it's going to majorly come down to the wheel. And I, I, I could see almost perf- probably a perfect round almost for the first round for both of totally. them. It's going to be a complete showdown. It's going to come down to how many questions were you able to answer during the wheel round and who's playing catch up. So my, my, uh, what I think this match hinges on is the managers. I do think that Dagnino made a mistake in allowing Roka to manage Dan World. 100%. That is, it, it's a big mistake because you have a player. It's like a team who's been playing for years now. And then you have Dagnino, who's just a manager, is the only person they can essentially talk to throughout the match. Yeah. And we also saw, we know how Bateman gets with challenges, and we know how Dagnino gets with challenges. We saw in New York what Merle did once those challenges came to be. Oh, yeah. His, his whole mentality changed. It, and he was it, pissed off, and he yep. just, he, there was no losing. There was no losing. Hopefully, they learned from that. Because if they do that in Atlanta, and how Dan Merle has performed in live events in the past, wow, they should be scared. Yeah, it's it's and it's going to be. He's something. dangerous. It's going to be something close too. It's going to be like a twenty six twenty four. Yeah, I, I hope we see the best match of all time. It's it's it could be. It's it really paper, is. It looks like it it's could starting be. to feel like it's going to be the greatest match of all time. Yeah, and it 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 has a long way to go to be that. You know, Roka versus Morrow is a great match. We've had great stuff in the past. But this really does... The way that the game is, you have old school versus new school, right? Um, they're so, so strategic and so study habit. And, like, they have all these people in their corner. It really does feel like it can be the greatest showdown match that we will ever see. Yeah. Like, period. I wouldn't be surprised if it is. Like, it... Oh, I'm so excited. I wouldn't be surprised if it went to overtime. No, I, uh, not at all. Not at all. Not, I, at, all. not at all. So... I don't know. It's funny because, like, I'm picking Bateman, but I'm like, pick. You should pick Merle. You should pick Merle. I'm like, uh. So, we'll see. Yeah, so we're we're going on opposite sides. I got Merle. You got Bateman, which will make it fun for a fun weekend. But uh, let's go ahead and move on to our weekly breakdown of the points and how they shook up. Uh, definitely a shake-up here because of the TKO with the real rejects. Yep. Um, and obviously the win by Riley for the Finsock Exchange. But, Brian, how do they shape up? Who is on top this week? Well, you want to give your little shout-out first? Oh, yeah, T-squared. Tobias and Tobias, thank you guys for the image. We're using it. 
Um, I will put it up on the screen for our viewers to see. Looking at it. Um, very, very cool stuff. Can't thank you guys enough for putting it up. You guys tag me every Sunday or Monday, um, even though I see it before you guys tag me because <laughs> <laughs> I get the, the group notification. Mm -hmm. But uh, thank you guys so much for making the image. So uh, we have in sole possession of first place with five points is the Finstock Exchange, which is scary. Because they have this three weekend, players playing this they weekend. They have three players this weekend. And uh, the title match, each of them will walk away with, with the point no matter what. Because yeah. it is a title match. So, so they already at the moment have two points. Yeah, that's... yeah. <laughs> um, and then in sole possession of second place, we have the Den at four points. Uh, they're two and one. They didn't have a match this week, right? That was because of last week. And they, yeah. they've had three matches in the past three weeks or whatever yeah. it is, yeah. Um, in sole possession of third place, we have the, uh, I cannot say that word, Corky Mercs. Corky Mercs. Uh, it, who is one and two, and they have three points. Uh, a tie for fourth place with, between the Burning Droogs and the Usual Suspects, uh, with two points, both one and one. And we have a three-way tie for sixth place, all because, uh, they have lost a match so they've had their match uh, but have zero points is corruption swag and the dungeon and in no place yeah is, roxy they haven't played yet rock stars because they have not done and they have their first match this weekend which they do Dallas they Damon, have uh so. damon's first match and hopefully that gets them some points because if not, it just goes more points to the Finstock Exchange. Yeah, it's going to be... Uh, look, I, I, will, I will say this. We, we've been hyping up the Finstock Exchange from the beginning. Obviously, uh, they deserve it. Um, I do think that after this weekend is probably going to be the downfall of the faction. Oh, it's me too. Uh, I think that um, they're not going to finish the top of the year like we expected them to because of all the drama. Um, we should have expected it going in. But I think that this weekend... Should have. I did. I think this is the last the last time we will um I think this will be this will be the final time we really see them atop the standings. Even though they have some good players, I do think that um and and if Bateman keeps the title it's a different story, but um if things do start to shake up for this faction, they could be flipped on their head a little bit going into the next couple weeks. So Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean definitely this not surprised. Be huge. Definitely not surprised. Uh Brian, before we get out of here, I don't I don't think we've talked about this yet. Um, I know we've said it off camera, but what team are you riding with this year? Because I do want to, I, I want to make sure that we are almost in a way competing with one another about who we are going with. Uh, and I, I, I said it, I'm, I'm riding with the Quirky Mercs. I had a decision between, obviously the Finstock Exchange is going to be a favorite just because of, of Roka, but I was deciding between the Den and the Quirky Mercs and I, I decided to go with Koi and the Quirky Mercs and I felt like, uh... They could be a team. And plus, Shazam is my favorite team. So, uh, it was kind of a no-brainer for me. Well, I mean, that was probably who I was looking at uh, picking as well. But, um, I'm trying to find my team. Um, I, I'm still, like, I still am not 100% sure who I'm really riding with. Um, I want to ride... With Roxy, her team entices me probably the most. Oh man, I might. Oh, what? I've always liked Roxy. Yeah, always like. I her team is the one that kind of like I look at and I'm like, that's interesting. 
Like the, the only reason why I would consider flipping to Roxy is because I think Roxy is the sole manager out of the entire league that's that will end up making a blockbuster trade. Oh yeah, I think she's, that she's the one to kind of flip it on its head because she's so good at what she does. That, yeah, I I don't think there's anyone that compares to her level as a manager. I I don't even know to be honest if there ever will be someone that can compare to her as a manager and that's what draws me to her team i feel like she's the one that could like i I mean like have a turd of a player and polish it into gold like that that's the type she turned Snyder around yeah like that's that's the type of caliber i think she has um honestly other than corky mercs uh it would definitely be between probably Roxy in the den. Although I'm not sleeping on the dungeon either. Come on, I gotta pick one. I don't know. Gotta pick one I right now. Three, uh, two, one. You know, one. I mean, looking at this record, these records, I probably would pick Rox- Roxy. All right. So Brian's going with the Rockstars. I got the Quirky Mercs. Um, going riding with the season. We're sticking on it no matter what. Uh, the entire uh, season. Mm-hmm. There's no flipping from here on out. We're sticking with them. That's who we're going with for I like how I picked the team that hasn't even played yet. Yeah. I mean, they have your favorite player, though, which makes sense. Yeah. You know, and Shazam is my favorite team, so uh, I like I like Bibiani and a kid, and that's kind of why I went with the with the Mercs. Um, God, the den is so strong. Yeah. I, I really it's, do like the They have a lot of young is, talent. A lot of the young den talent, is so. so freaking strong. Cool. Uh, all right, guys. Well, there it is. A certain point of view, number four, uh, heading into Atlanta this weekend. Um, lots of fun things to talk about. I and we will be back season. next week. Uh, to discuss not just Atlanta, but the matches that happened this week as well. And like I mentioned, um, there is a possibility that we do have a competitor joining us next week for a phone call. Uh, possibly Skype as well if we can figure out the system because we are still learning. So um, very excited for that. But for now, this is a certain point of view. Thank you guys for joining us as always. Make sure you guys find us on um, Anchor, Apple, Spotify, on audio. The show is on there every week. You can find us on Twitter. Uh, we're posting all of our reactions and our show, as well as kind of keeping up with the showdown stuff on that. Um, and then, of course, our personal pages as well. So that's Brian Avlacino. I am Jake Berlin. We are A Certain Point of View. Thank you guys for joining us. We look forward to Atlanta, and hopefully you guys do too. Uh, we'll see you guys next week.